in today's show. We look at Friday in the NBA. There are 11 games on what we're watching for, streaming options, and how we attack the next four-game chunk. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble, on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble, and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNBA. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. 11 games tomorrow. Let's get into those games right now. Warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> all right. First game is the Blazers and the Pacers. No, weirdly, for 11 games, I've never seen so many games initially listed as a pick'em. This is one of them. So pick'em. Okay, cool. Justice Winslow is out. Nasir Little is out. Kendall Brown is out. And Daniel Tice is out. Um, Gary Payton came back and then sprained his ankle. Missed the last game. Um, I don't know whether he's going to be able to play here in this one. With him out, you get a little bit more playing time for Keon Johnson. Shaden Sharp played a ton last game as well. So that is something that we need to watch there in terms of just for the deeper leagues and that rotation situation. I talked about this on the Mailbag Show earlier with Adam King. We want to watch Jeremy Grant because he's shooting 45% from three. That number's actually up over the last two weeks. He's hitting everything that is boosting his numbers absolutely up the ass. It's completely crazy. I do think it's going to drop. I just don't buy Jeremy Grant as the NBA's fourth best three-point shooter. I don't. Sorry. But he's proven me wrong for 35 games. Let's see what happens. Also want to watch um, Yusuf Nurkic. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. He has these strong games, big performances. Then he has like an injury, an illness, foul trouble. And that's what's sort of happening at the moment. I still think that he's obviously a solid 12-team league player, but how he goes, and then how that impacts someone like a Drew Eubanks, who's providing really good stream value, is going to be something to watch. For the Pacers, Aaron Neesmith, I think he's really just a fringe 12-team league player. Yes, he is starting, but played just 20 minutes last game. It's sort of been a little bit all over the place with role and playing time and, and fouls at times and usage. So can he do anything to you know, work himself into an established starter, an established 30-minute guy, an established 12-team league player? Let's watch that. I don't believe so. I also want to watch Buddy Heald, who's actually flying at the moment, putting up some really, really big numbers, and that is leading to great production. I don't know that I fully buy into it long-term, but that's where we're at. He's putting up rebounds and assists, and the shooting's unbelievable, and it's great. Is he a bit of a sell high? Sure, but let's see. He does have a lot of fluctuations in his game over the course of his career. Bull Sixers is the next game we're going to look at. We know that Lonzo is out, but we don't know the status of Alex We do know the status. Alex Caruso is questionable after spraining his ankle last game, and Javante Green is questionable with that knee issue, which has been bothering him for weeks and weeks and weeks. But the big one, of course, is in Philadelphia, where Joel Embiid had foot soreness and had to miss the game on Wednesday against the Pacers. They don't have an upcoming back-to-back for a couple more weeks, so we'll see how he goes here. Um, but obviously, that's a concern. If he is out, 
We saw them start small with PJ Tucker, but it was Montrez Harrell who really flied in the last game. Whether I can trust that or not, I don't know. On the bull side of things, I do want to watch Ayo Desumu, who they have gone back to, it seems, as the starting point guard, irrespective of Caruso's status. But is he a 27-minute-a-night guy or a 34-minute-a-night guy? 34 puts him at least into stream 12 territory, not must roster. I also want to watch Patrick Williams, who we've been waiting for weeks and weeks and weeks for a good game, and we got one. Can he back that up? Because he does, again, seeming the Bulls always seem to have this, he does have a favorable schedule, and he is around in a lot of leagues. He can block some shots, but if we can get a little bit of that scoring going, then he does become a 12-team league player. For the Sixers, I want to see Tyrese Maxey. Minutes restriction appears to be over. He played 36 minutes last game. So does he start if Embiid is back? Does he only start if Embiid is out? How does the Maxi-Melton minutes look? What, does, what is the split there? That is really key. And then Harrell, like he played 25 minutes last game. He seems to have reestablished himself as the backup center over Paul Reed, but like he's like a 12-minute-a-night guy usually if Embiid is playing, but he dominated last game. So what he looks like if Embiid is out, I think he's going to be really interesting. Knicks Raptors. The Raptors are two-point favorites here. We know that Otto Porter is out for Toronto. That's the only injury they have at the moment. Um, and for the Knicks, we don't know about RJ Barrett, but initially he was ruled out for a week. He got injured on the 27th of December. So we are past a week now. So we'd have to expect there's at least a chance to return in this game. And then what's going to happen then? Because Emmanuel quickly is playing, honestly, insane minutes. 46 minutes he played last game. A game only goes for 48 that is, it's insane. For a bloke that Thibodeau would play 21 minutes most nights, he plays him the most out of everybody now. So if Barrett is back, what is quickly? Does he still get 28 minutes off the bench and they limit McBride and Toppen and Hartenstein and play them limited minutes? Or does he go back and play 22 minutes and we get a little bit more into someone like a McBride and limiting quickly? I, I don't know. It is worth holding quickly to see what goes on, but... I have skepticism that Thibodeau is going to run him decent minutes off the bench. I also want to watch the double royal, Julius Randle. Randle's playing really well at the moment. He will have those games where the percentages drop off for sure, but he's putting up some really big numbers. If Barrett does return, where does Randle sort of slide? Like, does it impact his overall production? He's been much better this season, especially over the last, say, three to four weeks. He has really elevated his game. So watching him and his production is interesting. For the Raptors, Gary Trent is playing. This is a, this is a, t a matchup of the two insane coaches who are going to try and see who they can play the most minutes. Trent played 41 minutes last game, 40 the game before that, 39 in the game before that. Just crazy, crazy. Actually, I think he played more than 41 last game because it was an overtime game. Uh, against the Bucks, but just stupid minutes, realistically. What is Trent's role? Like, because he was benched and playing like 20 minutes a night, 22 minutes a night, and now they're back starting with no center. Is he going to be this high 30s guy? Can we rely upon that? Is he shooting going to be reliable? Because he's, you know, you know, shooting pretty well at the moment. This is interesting. And then Chris Boucher was out of the rotation, played nine minutes, then 22 and 20, then four, then 20. So I... I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And again, it's the problem when you've got Achua, Boucher, Young, Coloco, Hernan Gomez, Birch, all on the bench. Nurse will just mix and match whoever he can find five minutes for while the starters play 48. And it makes it really hard to have any reliability in really any of those players. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. 
As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that in 2023, success depends on all the team members that you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post, from the company and from their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all in one platform. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnMBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnMBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The next game, it is the Nets and the Pelicans in New Orleans. The Nets are four-point favorites here in this one. The We know Zion's out. Um, I'm going to assume that Brandon Ingram's out. None of the reporting suggested that he'd be ready for this one. I'm thinking probably next week, but I don't know. They've got a Friday, Saturday back-to-back here, the Pelicans. There's no way he'd be playing both of those anyway. Um, Larry Nance is still questionable. Maybe we don't know about his return. And then Tony Warren for the Nets had to leave the last game with a rib contusion. So his status is up in the air. Last game, Seth Curry was great. He came off the bench behind Royce O'Neal, but played 27 minutes. And interestingly, in four of his last or four of his last five games, he's played 25, 7, 20, 22, 27. So 20 minutes in four of the last five. And he hasn't played well this season. But now, maybe is he starting to overtake Joe Harris consistently? Is that cutting into what Royce O'Neal did? Mr. O of 9, Royce O'Neal? If TJ Warren's out, do they need Curry shooting? I don't think that Seth is becoming a 12-team league player. But the minutes are definitely trending up. Look, it went from 7, 9, 19, 25. A weird 7-minute in there. 20, 22, 27. It's a positive direction. And we always have to pay attention to these little trends. I also watch Ben Simmons because he's been bad. He hasn't hit 30 minutes in four straight games. He... It doesn't hit free throws ever. The scoring is well down. I still think that if you did draft Simmons, you're in a punt free throw, punt points build in category leagues anyway. So he's delivering really what you need. And in a points league, he's still like the 100th best player this season and just had like a 33 fantasy point game two games ago, which is still useful. So he still is a hold, but I get the frustration. We know that he can produce better than this. I'm just not convinced that it's going to happen. What I would like to see is those 28 minutes push to 31, 32. But with how Claxton's playing and the incompatibility with those guys playing big minutes together, or the supposed incompatibility, I'm not sure we get it. But the Pelicans, Najee Marshall remains a stream while Brandon Ingram is out. So let's see how he looks. His passing has really improved as well. And also watch Herb Jones. But can Herb just push more than 31 minutes? It doesn't appear like it. He does have still significant offensive deficiencies. But with Ingram and Zion out, he's going to have to do a little bit more. As I mentioned a while ago, like I don't think you need to have Jackson Hayes in a 12-team league. I think that should be fairly easily illustrated based on last game. Marshall's the guy. And of course, Trey Murphy and Herb Jones, if they're available on the waiver wire. The next game that we take a look at is the Pistons and the Spurs. Another one of these pick em games. We know Isaiah Livers and Marvin Bagley are out. Well, maybe Livers is back, but I, I don't think so. Um, and on the Spurs side of things, Bates Diop has missed the last few with an illness and Devin Vassell with that sore knee. That is what we need to look at. And I'm just seeing that there's an update on Philadelphia and Embiid has been ruled out. There you go. So that game, uh, Embiid is out for that game on Friday against the Bulls. So yeah, Montrezl Harrell really does jump up and become that stream option. 
On the Pistons side of things, last game was a really weird situation. Was the rotation the way it was because it was against the Warriors? Because they played really an eight-man rotation with huge minutes for Sadiq Bay and Alec Burks off the bench, while Jalen Duran was just benched for the fourth quarter, and Jaden Ivey didn't play really at all. He played like 27 minutes. So how the hell do they run that? Because Bay hit that game winner. Now, prior to that game winner, he wasn't particularly great, um, but he's at least in the mix as a 12-team streamer, and Burks played it a lot as well, and is in that mix as a 12-team streamer. Can either of them establish themselves as 30-minute bench players? I think Bagley's absence does help Burks because they need shot creation, but it also helps Bay because they don't have another backup center. So Stewart has to play that, and then Bay plays the four. And that was one of the things I did think would happen when Bagley went down, but I'm still not convinced that Sadiq is going to be must roster, but it was definitely um, an interesting development in that last game with the roles that they played and the way they changed that rotation. For the Spurs, last game, Josh Richardson put up really big numbers. I don't want to trust it at all, but I want to see how the Richardson, McDermott, Branham, Langford... God, how disgusting is that to say that's what I want to watch? But it is what I want to watch because Richardson put up a good game. I also want to watch the horse, Keldon Johnson. Whose horse is that? Who has definitely improved recently. He still is relatively empty in terms of rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks, but he's scoring really well. The minutes are great. The usage is great. And he has been able to improve his efficiency solidly over the last little bit of time. Is that something that's going to stick? I, I really, like I'd say I'd watch him to see if peripheral stats will improve. I just don't think they will. We've got a lot of evidence, like three and a half years of him never being that guy. And I don't really ever think that's going to come. It's more about maintaining steady efficiency for Keldon um, versus contributing in those peripheral categories. We look at the next game, the Hornets and the Bucks. We know that Ubre's out. I'm going to assume that Gordon Haywood's out. I don't believe they've officially ruled him out, but come on, there's no way. He just isn't playing. And if he does, I'll, I'll rip him. If he plays, I will rip him. Um, the big question to go, though, is going to be in Milwaukee. Is Chris Middleton going to play? I would say no, but I don't know. I, ju I just, I don't know. Their next game after this is on Monday, so they don't play on the weekend. Drew Holiday rested on Wednesday. I think he'll be back. Whether he's back at full minutes and starting, I don't know. Well, Joe Ingles also rested. He'll be back almost undoubtedly. Well, George Hill has now missed four in a row due to an illness. And he was a DNP prior to that and played like a 26-minute um, role in a game where a lot of people rested. But he's not necessarily going to be a rotation player. On the Hornets, Paul Washington Jr. is shooting the lights out at the moment after he couldn't hit anything. So where can he balance himself? Can he be a top 80 player? I don't know. I've got skepticism, but he's been really good the last two weeks or so. And then I also want to watch the center rotation and Mark Williams. Oh, hi, Mark. Again, Mark remains a luxury stash type player who can provide probably 14-team league value in the 17-minute-a-night role. That might push to 12-team league value moving on. But again, the value could jump at some point if they decide to move on from the cockroach, but there's no guarantee that happens. But at least with Williams as a backup, we're getting something out of him. We're getting solid rebounds. He gets a block. Usually you get good field goal percentage. It's okay. They're okay numbers, but it's not going to be for everybody. It is still more a long-term vision. On the Bucks side of things, I want to watch Drew Holiday in his minutes. People are so down on Drew Holiday. Oh, yeah, man, wow, what a waste. He is like still, I think, the 29th ranked player on a per-game basis this season. So basically exactly the value of where you drafted him. Yes, it's been annoying to have missed games, but he's 32 years old. Like This happens. We know this. So I want to see him get back and play. Also want to watch Bobby Portis, who is just delivering double-doubles every game. And his minutes with Middleton out have been really good. 20, what's this, 26, 31, 30, 28, 30, the last five games. I still don't know that he's able to maintain that. And it has been a real change in their rotation because prior to that, he'd played like 22, 19, 26, 23. 
and the games leading up to Christmas. They're the four games up to Christmas, including 23 on Christmas. So there's been a change, and they're just pumping more minutes into him. Um, so that is interesting. And it's I'm not really sure what the reason is there. But if he's a 28-minute guy, then he's great. But if he's 22, I'm not sure. So we're just consistently trying to see where Portis fits into their rotational decisions. The next game is the Wizards and the Thunder. We did get an update on Brattles Beal. Um, unsurprisingly, he's going to be reevaluated in a week. So just write him off for all of next week. Again, this is what they sh- you should... I don't know why NBA players try and come back in two days, three days from a hamstring injury. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know why teams push them through that. It's got to be at least two weeks. So I don't I don't expect Beal actually back within a week. Robinson Earl's out. Pokashevsky's out. The pig, Jalen Williams, he's dealing with a, a, an injury from last game. Whether he plays or not, I don't know. And Taj Gibson is questionable too. Um... On the Wizards side of things, this is their last game this week, but Dan Gafford's, to me, a must-roster player. I think he needs to be rostered irrespective. And then I also want to watch how the Rui Hachimura, Denny Avdia, uh, Monte Morris situation arises. With Beal out, Morris does have 12-team value. Avdia does have 12-team value. Hachimura, maybe 12-team points. I'm not convinced he's a 12-team category league player. Last game, we saw he didn't really light the world on fire, even with Beal out. And he does require minutes and usage and good shooting because he doesn't do much in the other areas. So I still would prefer Avdia, Morris, and Gafford over Hachimura, but let's see what Rui is able to do, how much they lean on his usage. But the Thunder, if Pig Williams is out, is Kendrick Williams worth a stream? Because he produces good numbers when he plays. They can't really push him huge minutes, but with Pokyshevsky, Robinson Earl, Holmgren, obviously, and now maybe Jalen Williams out, there's no centers. There's Muscala. They don't want to play Baisley. It's Kenrich. So at least in a 14-team league, he becomes an option. I also want to watch the Bronco Jalen Williams. Broncos country, let's ride. Who's obviously playing a lot more, a lot better, a lot more consistent. He didn't shoot well last game, but he added five steals and a block. I do believe he's a 12-team league player. And let's see if he continues to build and where he looks and the usage and all that stuff, how it continues to improve as the season goes on. Today's episode is also brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college football to college basketball to the NBA. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. And we've got the odds for the national title game. In fact, there's even the FCS title game, the Dakota Bowl, North Dakota State, and South Dakota State. Is that the Jackrabbits? I think it's the Jackrabbits. Anyway... The South Dakota State are six-point favorites over North Dakota State. I'm more of a North Dakota man myself, but whatever you want to look at with all these footballs and basketballs, it's all there at betonline.net, the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. Let's go to the Clippers and the Wolves. This is a back-to-back for the Clippers, one of two teams to have a a second game of a back-to-back on Friday um, we're expecting Kawhi and John Wall to both be out. They're both not on the injury report for Thursday, so they both will likely be out Friday. We don't know about Paul George at this point. He is still questionable for Thursday's game. I would expect that if he plays Thursday, he probably sits this one with that hamstring complaint. Towns will be out for the Wolves. McLaughlin is most likely out. Nick Batum is out on Thursday for the Clippers, so his status is in question for Friday. And then the other big one is Nazareth Reed. So I had someone ask me whether he's a drop in a 16-team league. Like, absolutely not. You hold him. We'll see what happens with Anderson and Prince both there now. But you don't just drop him for no reason. If, I know he's not no reason. He's missed two games. But no, I wouldn't be dropping Naz Reed because he missed two games, given the production that he was providing with Towns out. 
So what do we want to watch on the Wolves side? The Clippers again, the back-to-back. Um, I want to watch Torian Prince because he played 20 minutes in his first game back. But I think he had three fouls in his first five minutes and that limited him. So is he going to be a 26-minute-a-night player? That could be useful. And it could impact Anderson and Reed. So And Austin Rivers, of course. So we want to watch that. I also want to watch D'Angelo Russell, who was benched down the stretch for Austin Rivers. So Russell was playing like 34, 35 a night and got like 26. He played poorly. He shot poorly. I don't expect that to be something that happens every night. But how does he respond for getting benched for Austin Rivers? That's what we need to watch. Cavs Nuggets, back-to-back here for Denver. We know Dean Wade's out. Rubio's out. I expect that Jamal Murray will be out. It is a second game of a back-to-back, and he's not on the injury report for Thursday. And Jeff Green will be out. Well, Darius Garland, it looks like he might be getting closer to a return with that thumb injury, but we don't have official word on that just yet. On the Cavs side of things, I want to watch Dracaris Levert. Dracaris. With Garland out, you use him. If Garland is back, you don't. And I also want to watch the Discman, City Asman, because they're rotating through starting power as uh, small forwards. They had Levert there. They moved Lamar Stevens in there. It's Isaac Okoro last game. Dean Wade started. But Osman's the guy that's been getting the minutes the last couple of games. 25, well, his last four games that he's played, uh, uh, Chetty, 30, 25, 33, 33. Look, that's really interesting. 30 minutes of Chetty Osman is at least streamable, and I don't really trust him, and he could play five minutes next game, but Stevens has fallen out of favor. Okoro is significantly limited. And if Garland is out, I'd be really interested to see what Osman's playing time looks like and how he contributes. For the Nuggets, what do we get out of Bones Highland? Because we've seen some big games from Bones, for sure. He played that Wednesday, the 28th, 33 minutes with Jamal Murray out. And then on the 1st of January with Jamal Murray out, he played 19 minutes. So what is it? He started that game. And that was because Bruce Brown was out, that one on the 28th. But then they went back to Brown on the... um, They went back to Brown on the next time that Murray was out. So you know, what is the plan here? Is he just going to keep the same role if Jamal sits? that's obviously a bummer. But we know he can drop 15 points in 20 minutes, which has use. So his role is really interesting. And I also want Aaron Gordon, whether that shoulder, which caused him to miss a couple of games, is going to continue to bother him. Because it does look like it's still somewhat of an issue. And whether that impacts his overall efficiency, which has been great this season, and being one of the main reasons why he's been able to jump up and be a consistent fantasy option. For the Heat and the Suns, that's the next game. Another pick em. We know Duncan Robinson's out, Devin Booker's out, Cameron Johnson's out, Nikola Jovic is out, and Omar Yurtseven is out. But Cameron Payne re-aggravated, no, you don't say re-aggravated, he aggravated his foot injury, so his status is up in the air here. On the Heat side of things, I want to watch Victor Oladipo. Minutes is probably the most important thing that I want to watch because he played 32 last game off the bench, and 32 Victor Oladipo minutes is really intriguing. He's played 30-plus in the last three games. And they've really been reducing Caleb Martin's minutes in that time. Is that going to be the plan moving forward? That Oladipo just sort of closes games over Martin and Martin is a starter in name only and they play Butler at the four? Maybe. Oladipo's percentages and shooting field goal percentage in particular is a real problem. But let's watch how he looks and the minutes go between him and Caleb. For the Suns, Landry Shamet, Second game back, he did what we wanted him to do. He played big minutes as the replacement for Devin Booker, 36 of them. He scored okay. He put up, you know, he's going to hit big points in threes. He's not doing much more than that. But that's enough to be at least an option for us in 12-team leagues where he should be rostered, understanding that these sort of points and threes volume scorers are going to disappoint some of the time. But when you've got a solid base of minutes the way that Shamit does, there's some value in that. 
I also want to watch Dario Saric, not because I like Dario Saric as a player, because I don't really know how he fits in the modern NBA at the moment. But do they go back and start him again next to Aiden, or is it back to Tory Craig? Craig played more minutes off the bench than Saric last game, but how does that all shake out? That is a question for us. The Hawks and the Lakers is the last game of the day. Anthony Davis is out, and the expectation is that Lonnie Walker will remain out as well with knee tendonitis. They said they're going to take him, uh, bring him along slowly. I don't know whether LeBron's going to play. He missed the last game with an illness, and Troy Brown got injured in the last game with a quad strain. Capella is also questionable for the Hawks. If he does play, I would expect reduced minutes. For Atlanta, we got huge John Collins minutes. In fact, he's had some pretty good minutes. 34, 23 with a foul out, 33 and 41. Some of that is Capella's absence, but can they just commit to giving him these good minutes? He's starting to shoot a lot better as well and starting to produce some of the value we hope to see from him for you know, the last two, three years. I also watched John Ray Hunter, who again has been really good the last two games. Defensive stats, shooting the ball really well. I don't put faith that he can do that because he hasn't shown that he can do that really at all over a long stretch of time, but let's watch. Can he do it again? On the Lakers side of things, Dennis Schroeder was really, really good last game. But the question is, can Schroeder do it when LeBron plays? And the answer so far has been no. So while I do think that there is some schedule value in streaming Schroeder, the minutes are up 35, 32, 37, 40. The 37 and 40 is because Westbrook left the game early and then the 40 is because LeBron was out um, and Walker is out. But what is Schroeder going to do? Is he going to play 30 plus minutes? I guess it's possible. And is that volume enough with Davis out to make him interesting? I'm not convinced. But give me some more information on it. Give me some data on it to see where he fits in um, in your fantasy plans as we move forward. I also want to watch Austin Reeves, who is really, really important for this team with how he can uh, how we can shoot and more importantly how he can pass. Is that going to result in him starting at all? Are they going to just put random players in there? He did start last game, I believe, Reeves. Yeah, he did. But was that because LeBron was out or was Toscano Anderson replacing him? Starting Austin Reeves is at least in 14-team league discussions. For a Friday-Saturday back-to-back in terms of streaming, whether you have room for this, I don't know. But these are the guys who play that back-to-back who are going to be worth looking at. Trey Murphy is the guy that clearly stands out there who's available in over 40% of leagues. Then we go to Austin Reeves, Pat Williams. Again, bull schedule, good. Dennis Schroeder, Jeremy Sohan, Najee Marshall, um, Pat Beverly, and Zach Collins. The Spurs are always prone to do something weird on a back-to-back. Collins... Has enough value as a standalone, but if Pirtle sits, then Collins' value goes up. If we're just streaming on Friday for category leagues, Dan Gafford, the easy, easiest one there. Bones Highland, but there is a risk that they don't start him, but he's an option if Murray's out. Uh, Killian Hayes, Jalen McDaniels in Charlotte, Kyle Anderson in Minnesota, Jalen Williams, the Bronco in OKC, uh, Landry Shamet and Alec Burks become a stream option. For deeper leagues, these guys are all available in 90% plus. Uh, Andrew Nembhard, Austin Reeves, Terrence Mann, Drew Eubanks, Pat Beverly, Zach Collins, Isaiah Joe, and DeLon Wright. And points league streaming this is in order of how I project their fantasy points. We've got Hayes, Highland, Gafford, Kyle Anderson, uh, Jalen McDaniel, Sohan, Alec Burks, and the Bronco, Jalen Williams. And if we look at the next four nights, we go Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Saturday, Sunday, Monday are all low volume days. So who gives us the best opportunity here to get some extra games in? No one plays three, obviously, because we don't have back-to-back-to-backs in the NBA, but these guys are all useful to add because they have two games between Sunday, uh, Saturday and Monday. Trey Murphy has two. Derek White has two. Walker Kessler, Malik Monk, Tim Hardaway, Dennis Schroeder, Austin Reeves, and Pat Williams. 
all guys to be options with a strong quality game schedule over the next four nights. If we look at some guys that I think you add and start irrespective of schedule, Dan Gafford's got two games over the next four nights, but you know, I, I would start him even on a high-volume day like tomorrow. Kyle Anderson's got two. I think he's probably startable. Jalen McDaniels has two in the next four nights. He's startable. And Killian Hayes as well. I think he is startable. And then there are these players who play three games in the next four nights that are worth adding when you're looking to maximize your games played. Whether you start them on the high-volume days, I don't know, but you'll be able to figure that out. Trey Murphy has three. Austin Reeves has three. Dennis Schroeder has three. And Patrick Williams has three games over the next four nights. Guys, that will do it for us today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you are here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.